Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. We at Oasis feel that God has um, worked in us over the last nine months um, when we were in, in, in COVID, which we still are, but over those nine months of um, church being different, right? Um, God's mercy and his voice spoke to me and to Rachel and to our team. And out of his great mercy, he, he showed us and revealed some things to us that is in this house, Oasis, that he wanted to transform and he wanted to change. And so if you've been with us the past couple weeks, we kicked off what is called our vision month. Um, it's not Oasis as much as it is. It's even more God's vision for this house where we would have one day in January where we'd all gather together. You'd hear great updates and great things shared. And you're going to continue to hear some cool things that are happening over the next couple weeks. Um, but what God placed in our hearts um, in that season um, was much bigger than one day. And so we've gathered together as the church, as the family to say we want to just share with you where God's taking us, where is he leading us, and how he would have us go for this year, not only for this year, but for the years to come. This vision is the vision that God's placed on this house um, for many years to come. I believe that, that this is a generational um, vision and mission and call to us here at Oasis Church Chicago. So I know Ruben, um, who, who just shared that video, did a great job, but real quick, if this is your first time here, because more people are in the room now than when we started, can you just slip your hand up? Can you slip your hand up the first time here? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Can we just welcome them once again if they were not here earlier? So if you're, if you're here, this is where we're at today. This is what we're doing today here in this house. Um, I do believe, though, that God's going to speak to all of us through this message that I'm about to share in a few moments. But here, we, we knew that last year the word for us at Oasis was family that we were called to be the family of God. The word family has been, um, by the Spirit, been kind of circulating through different churches, not just here in Chicago, but across the, the nation, across the globe. Um, the word and the concept of the family of God being more than ever more important, more needed. And so we did our best to do that, and COVID happened, and things happened, and we kind of had to scramble. Thank God for his grace in Jesus' name. Um, and so as we looked over the course of the last year, the word family, God placed it in our hearts, in my heart, to say, this year where we're going is not just about family, but it's about being people that are whole in the family of God. Wholeness, as those that serve and have said yes to Jesus, that we live and grow and, and continually be transformed by God and his spirit to become people that are whole. How many know Jesus saved our lives not just to make us half whole, but completely whole in him? Amen, you're not, Amen. <laughs> I think every person should say amen to that. How many of you want to know that you can have wholeness and wholeness is found in Jesus, that your lives aren't fragmented, your lives aren't separated, your lives aren't lost anymore, but because of the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, you have been saved, set free, and are completely whole in him, and he's continuing his sanctifying work in and through us. And so we said we want wholeness. And so as we discovered what that looked like, as we're continuing to discover what that looks like, we gutted the house of Oasis, and we looked at moments and parts of the foundation where our house has been built on that are cracked, that maybe we built it because it's what we saw amongst churches, amongst 
people that we look to. It's not bad. Listen, we're all learning. We're all part of a journey, but we saw maybe this isn't just as important. Maybe, maybe the idea of just getting to the house for Sunday and having a hoorah-rah time and an encouraging message and serving the house of God and then leaving here on your, into your Mondays and feeling just lost and burdened and heavy. That idea of Sundays being this great thing, kind of look, we looked and said, like, we're going to do Sundays. We're going to do the temple Wednesdays, and we're going to have the joy of the Lord, and God's going to move, but I think there's more to that. We looked and saw people that were continuing to fall to the same things. Me and Rachel, not, we're not immune to this, continuing to look at our lives going, is this all? You know, have you ever had that moment with God? Like, is this everything you have? You know, and looking and saying to our people, not to condemn, going, man, if they just understood that wholeness can be found in Jesus, would they still be struggling or continuing to go the same way over and over and over again? And so we said, man, okay, this year and the years to come, we're gutting some of the things that we did. That family formation night that you heard about, that was what has replaced our growth track. Growth track was this idea where you come in and you hear who we are and who you are and your best self, and then you go and serve. That was the end goal. Now it's like, no, no, no. You come in and you're gonna sit around a table, you're gonna watch some theological videos, some Bible teaching, and then you're gonna come into a room with people and you're gonna gather around the table and, out of, and just the kindness of the Spirit, he's gonna speak and minister and answer questions. You're gonna break bread together. You're gonna to pray for one another. You're gonna connect with a pastor and a leader and you're gonna be able to maybe ask them ask you, what's your next steps? Have you been water baptized? We're gonna take you and just dunk you right there in the tub there at the house in Jesus' name. We ain't playing games anymore. We don't got time for this. And the end goal isn't to serve. We are called to serve, but the end goal is then for you to get into that community group of O groups and do life together and practice the way of Jesus together and literally live out this thing together. You, as a believer of Jesus Christ, you are not isolated or called to be isolated. You are not an individual Christian. You are part of a greater body called the church. And the church is called to do this thing together. And so we looked at the house and we looked at a bunch more things we'll talk more about, but we came up with that vision and mission statement. If the team can just throw it up there real quick. Ruben shared it. And I just want to restate it again for us to catch it. This is how we're going to live as a church. Everything we do, this is, this is how we're going to function. Through this lens, through these words, it says this, we are community formed and shaped by the truth of Jesus. We're not formed and shaped by some new theology. We are not formed and shaped by a good book. They will help, they will supplement, but we have all that we need in Jesus. And everybody can say amen to that. Everything we need, truth, wisdom, guidance, we have it through him. And so we want to be formed and shaped. We are clay, right? He's the potter. When we got saved, it was just the beginning of us being formed and shaped by him. How many of you are grateful that sanctifying work continues to happen? Formed and shaped by the truth of Jesus in his presence in and among us, which we're going to talk about today. I can't, woo, his presence is so good. Y'all ready for, for today? They're like, I think so. What's going to happen? As we practice the way of Jesus together, notice, together. We are called to be a wellspring of life amidst the desert of the city, to be connected and to connect others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. That is how we're going to function. That's how we're going to live. But as we wrote that and the Holy Spirit spoke it to us, he also, out of his kindness, said, you guys have four pillars now that you're going to be able to hold that vision statement up, that you're going to be able to actually have a stronger foundation. We had core values. Anybody remember any of the core values? There's eight of them. I don't even remember them all, and I wrote them. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? 
So we said, we're gonna make this thing simple and we're gonna do it off of the word of God. And they are God's word, which we discovered last week, God's presence, which we'll talk about today, God's family next week, and God's city the last week of January. These four pillars are crucial for us to understand what we teach, how we teach, we'll flow through those things, and how we gather as an old group, we'll, we'll move and throw, flow through those as those hold up the vision, as they call us to greater heights and depths of the love of God. That is how our foundation has been rebuilt by God, as those four things. And so today we're going to dive into the second pillar of God's presence. And so, real quick disclaimer, when I say God's presence, how many of you think a few different things? The Spirit of God, the, the, the Lord of God, like how many of you know that when I say presence, it can mean a couple different things, right? And so today, when I talk about the presence of God, it's a culmination of, of, of different things that Scripture shows us how the presence of God moved and how it happened and all those things, right? And so uh, we're going to talk about the presence of God today. When I say statements like I'm about to say, because it's true, man, worship was so good. Thank you, worship team. Come on, anybody thankful that we just get to worship and have an incredible worship team and God's presence through it? But God's presence is this, is God's intimate engagement and manifest closeness to his people. God's presence is God's intimate engagement and manifest closeness to people. Throughout the Bible, God has, in different times and different ways, made his presence known to people. The complexities of this reality go far beyond just one message. I could talk about God's presence for a whole year. I could teach, I could show us, I could discover, and we're going to. But, but in this moment, I just want us to give an overarching and a, a, a big picture story of why God's presence is a pillar in our house. Why do we say that everything we do, this mission and vision, that, that it has to come from being people that seek and live in the presence of God? And so these pillars came from Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bible, open them up. Who brought your actual Bible? Hold it up. Be proud. Look at those. You all get a star today. The rest of you, you're awesome. I love you. Open up your phones to the Bible app or whatever you use and highlight Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. I want you guys to highlight this or mark this or put it in your phone. I want you guys to read this. If you call Oasis home, if you're part of this family, this verse, these, these verses here are the, 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 the showing of the New Testament church. And when we've created these pillars and this vision, we've based it off of Scripture, a wide range of Scripture. But these right here, these are the culmination of it all. And so it says this in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. That's powerful. Awe, wonder, overwhelming, like, whew. When's the last time you or myself have been awed in the presence of God? Not emotionalism, not manufactured, but just simply being in God's presence and being in awe. It says that they were in awe and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. The presence of God allows for people to be set free. You wanna know how people get set free from bondage? The presence and the spirit of God. You wanna know how you can get generational curses broken off of your life and off of my life? It's through the presence and the spirit of God. You wanna know how you can dance about with freedom and, and not be bound with chains on your ankles, on your hands? It's because of the presence of 
God. How do we know that blind people get to see, how death, uh, deaf get to hear, how the lame get to walk? Is because of the presence of God. God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. His character has not changed just because it's 2021. He's still in the business of awing and wondering people. He's still in the business of healing and setting people free. He's still in the business of seeing babies that were on life support come to life because people cried out and asked for God for your mercy to come. I believe this. We've seen it. We're going to continue to see it in greater measures that the wonders and awes filled the people there in New Testament church and Acts, and it's still true for us today. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we bless you and we honor you. And we thank you for your presence. How sweet it is to be in your presence. And so God, I, I pray today that there would be fresh revelation. If people have heard this before, I pray that they would be revealed deeper truth. If this is the first time, God, I pray that awe and wonder would fall upon hearts. We all want to have hearts that are good soil today, and so we, we open up our hearts to you, Holy Spirit. We open up our lives to you, and we say, speak. Your, your servants, your, your children are listening. And so, God, I just pray that every word that is spoken will come from you. Thank you for your word, and thank you for your presence. We give you glory. We give you honor, and we ask this all in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. If you were with us last week, and if you weren't, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week and even the, the beginning half, uh, the beginning sermon of Vision Month. We went through God's word as being our first pillar, and we discovered three questions that we did our best. I did my best, I should say, to answer in a sermon of 35 minutes. Um, but we answered three questions that are crucial for us, where we have come from, how we are called to live, and what we are to worship, who we are to worship. These questions form and shape our story, I said. We all love a good story, and these questions form and shape our story. That is because God's word reveals God. You want to know God? Read his word. You want to know God? Get to Jesus. And in aligning ourselves to God's word, what happens is, is we encounter God. We believe in this church that you truly can encounter God. That God is not some person that we read about in, in a history book. He's not some person that we talk about and we can never reach him. No, we believe that our God is alive. That our God is, risen, is seated on the throne of victory. That he is moving, that he is speaking, that he is active through the Holy Spirit. Our God is not dead. We, do not, we are not a part of a religion that looks to somebody and follows that is dead. Our God is alive. And out of knowing that we can answer those questions, that, man, God formed and shaped us. God, God has, has done great and mighty things in us. Man, man, God has called us to live this way and do these things as the people of God. Man, we are called to orient and refocus our worship to Jesus. The reality is, is that the story of that, the story of God and his kindness and mercy is available to every single person. But it's only understood by some. The story of God and what he has done for us is only completely captured by some. So let me say it this way. Have you ever had a hard time hearing a story or watching a story? Have you ever been in a movie and you have that person next to you asking you 5,000 questions? 
God bless Rachel. I love her. I, I don't know if I love watching movies with her. I'm always, she's always like, what's going to happen? What's happening? What's going on? What's happening? I'm like, babe, just wait. We're, there's an ending. We're going to find out. <laughs> like, this is not a continual movie. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Have you been distracted by somebody in a movie? Have you caught your attention? Like, it's hard seeing it. It's hard hearing it. How many of you have ever been to a 3D movie? How, no hands? Do you know what a movie theater, have we forgotten what a movie theater is? <laughs> Do you know what a movie theater is? Has it been that long? Like a movie theater is a place you show up and there's a big screen and there's seats and there's popcorn reclining chairs, praise God. But there was movies called 3D movies that we would all run to and we'd show up to and we would watch these, these movies come alive, be animated to us in a way that we never were able to see just on a regular screen. But if you found yourself in a 3D movie, probably because you snuck in to a movie and you, you walked into a 3D movie without the glasses... How many of you know that movie would be terrible? You'd probably get a headache. It would be so, con like, what is happening? This is not what I'm supposed to be seeing. This is not how it's supposed to be happening. It would feel very off, right? The picture would not be clear if you're watching a 3D movie without the glasses. This, in essence, is, is what we see is, is similar to the way that we understand the story of God apart from his presence, that apart from God's presence, we will see the story of God different. That, that the necessary component to understanding God is living in and among his presence. These two, in essence, go hand in hand. This is, this is crucial. What we discover as we enter into God's story is that the presence of God is the animating reality of the universe and God's story. The presence of God is what awakens and ignites us to the truth of the gospel. When you got saved, it was because of the Spirit of God calling you. When you came into his word and you read his word and when you get awoke to like the things that are happening here, it's because of the presence of God. The Spirit of God is revealing and showing and teaching you what this is. The presence of God is what takes us from intellectual agreement of the word to experiential confidence in the word of God. How many of you know today, in this day and age, there are many people that know the word? There are PhDs attached to their names. And that's not to knock anybody. I hope you all get PhDs and get great things next to your name. I have multiple degrees. I, I said at first service, I'm actually starting school. It's not a week, it's actually three weeks, praise God. I'm going back to school in three weeks. I'm continuing to learn. I want you guys to continue to learn and to grow and to develop. Be smart, be brilliant, be the best people in your spheres. Please, please, for the sake of God, do it. Work hard, right? We're not called to be lazy. I'm going on a tangent just for a second. Like, we're not called to be lazy. We're not called to do it halfway. We're called to be people that steward and work because it's doing the work unto God. And that's a good place to really say amen. <laughs> but, but, but there are people today that are declaring the word of God, giving us fresh revelation. And hear me, my heart's not to condemn, but it's going, just because you have a PhD next to your name, you may not be getting in the presence of God. And so if you're not attaching yourself and living in the presence of God, there is teaching and there are things that are coming out that are not the kingdom of God. This is not a fun received message. This is, this is us going, man, this is not just about us agreeing with it here, but saying, man, I know it to be true here. I know that it wasn't by me doing works that I was saved, but it was by faith in the grace of God that I've been saved. 
Come on, how many of you know that's, a, that's an agreement? That's something you have to say in confidence, saying, it's not just because I think it that I'm saved. It's because I know who Jesus is. I have been in his presence. I have been captured in his presence. In one moment, in one declaration, I have experienced and tasted the goodness of God. How many of you know that it is our, as scripture says, taste and see the goodness of our God. In one moment of tasting God, it satisfies you forever. And this, uh, this understanding of, of saying, man, I, I know the word, but I'm not encountering the word. is because the presence of God is, is, is the thing that we're not chasing after and placing ourselves into. The presence of God is essential. Can I say it this way? You awake this morning. The presence of God is vital. Now more than ever, the presence of God is vital. And so I want to just share a couple things, three essential things of the presence of God. I, like I said, I could preach messages upon messages about what the presence is, what does it look like, all that. We're going to do that. That's why we're going to do it together in the temple and at the table in O groups, and it's going to be awesome. But I want to just give three essential understandings of the presence of God, how we came to this pillar as a church. Because of the presence of God, it's, it's vital. It's important. I want us to be people that aren't just running around lost and forsaken and not whole, coming into rooms like this and getting information, a good pump up and walking out of here and not being transformed. The presence of God is what transforms us. And so the first thing, the first essential thing that we get with the presence of God is simply this. This is awesome. Brace yourselves. You ready? This is really deep. We were created to live in God's presence. <laughs> good job, pastor. Thank you. We were, from the beginning, created as humans, Adam and Eve, to live in the presence of God. Go to the very beginning of Scripture. It talks about how the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The Spirit of God not only hovered, but the, the garden, Adam and Eve, came together and they walked with God. They lived with God. The, the, the tree of life was, was a, the, the, the staple, the understanding that the presence of God was in the garden. Adam and Eve in the garden is not a fairy tale. But it's actually a description of how God wanted this whole thing to go. It was a complete understanding for us to go and go, man, God truly just wanted to walk with his kids. Wanted to live with his kids. The garden, guys, it had everything that Adam and Eve needed. You know that. Like there was nothing lacking in the garden. Because oh, the presence of God, you lack nothing. Amen, Pastor, that was a good word. The garden was a place that Adam and Eve had everything. Now, we know the story, and we know that, 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 that they fell, and they, they had a choice to choose the tree of life or, or the tree of, of death, right? And they chose the tree. And, and people are like, why did God put it there? Well, God gave us dignity as human beings to choose him or not. Come on, anybody? Th like, I'm thankful that it's not like some robot up there, like, like yep, pulling the levers. I don't even know what I just did. That's going to be on video, and that's awesome. Like, God gave us the dignity of free will in the garden, and he said to him, hey, guys, everything you need, no worry, no anxiety, no nothing, like, no, everything is here. You can walk naked with me. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock. There's not many kids in here, praise God. Like they, they literally weren't caring about anything. They had everything in the garden. Why? Because God's intention from the beginning was to live in his presence. And in his presence, you have everything. But the fall happens, right? Thanks, Adam and Eve. Appreciate it, guys. 
And a deep sense comes over people, mankind, humans, all throughout Genesis, all throughout today, where there is death and destruction and slavery and bondage when they separated themselves from the presence of God. That that's what came over them apart from the presence of God. All those things started to come. That was never God's heart. That's not God's heart today. But it's, it's, it's this overwhelming truth that we find in the scriptures that our sin, the sins of the people of Israel, the sins of us today, separate us from God's holy presence. We do not serve a God that is not holy. He is an almighty God. He is a holy God. And he, he says, apart, uh, when you bring in your own things, when you bring in your own stuff, like, like, that's not my presence. My presence is holy. My presence is pure. My presence is righteousness. And in the beginning, we were called to live with him. It was given to us. But they chose, right? They chose to listen to the voice of another promise. Notice that the sin wasn't the apple, right? It wasn't them taking the apple. It was them listening to the voice of the evil one. You catch that? Church, why do we always say you better be careful with who you listen to and what you listen to? Because the power of speaking of, of words matters. It matters. Guys, I'm here to remind you, if you have some people, if you have some things that are speaking into your life, ask the Holy Spirit if they're of him. Because Satan will speak truth that sounds all real. It sounds all real. But 1% of it is a lie, and it's not true. That's true, guys. I've heard words spoken. I've heard things said. I've heard people give instruction to me that I'm like, that sounds really good. Anybody ever been there? Like, I'm like, that's, that's, that's kingdom. And then I go and I open up his word and I sit in his presence and I'm like, that's not kingdom. <laughs> right? Because, because now more than ever, we want to know why chaos and destruction, all that stuff's happening. It's because people are separated from the presence of God. People aren't choosing to come into the presence of God. This is who we were designed to be, is to be people that are captured and captivated by the presence of God. This should stir you, for you, and make you eager day in and day out to go. God handcrafted our hearts to be people that desire his presence. This is true for the believers, but it's also true for the world. And this is not us versus, you guys know, if you've been coming like, like, my heart is to see people saved, salvations upon salvation, souls being transformed. But come on, how many of you know the world is longing for their hearts to be satisfied? They're longing for the holes of their hearts and of their souls to be satisfied. People are looking for inner peace. I talk to a lot of people that aren't in the body of Christ. And it, and it makes my faith stronger, but it also makes me, like, burden. And, and they'll talk to me. They'll be like, man, Jay, I'm just, I'm looking for that inner peace. I'm looking for some rest. I'm looking for me to just not have another day where I feel like I just walked through chaos all day. Man, I'm just looking and I'm going, I got the answer. <laughs> because apart from God's presence, us and even people that aren't following understand that, man, we are lost and broken and forsaken and we will be in pain. We will be hurting. We will continue to fall trapped to the same things. Is, is this making sense this morning to anybody? That the presence of God is what we were created to live in and among it is the desire of our hearts. It's the, it's the creation of our hearts. It's the longing and affections of our hearts. Complete satisfaction was to be found in God. It was then, and it's still today. 
This is why some of the things that we did in the church, it was like, man, we, we really enjoyed the presence for a few moments, but, but man, we'll go do something else over here. Oh, we'll gather around a, a, in some homes and, and have some good fellowship and laughter and joy. And that's not bad. The presence of God, how many know there should be a ton of laughter? We should be partying like crazy. No? Thank you, Brother Chris. Like, y'all, the presence of God is fun. But like we looked and said, like, man, is our people, am I completely satisfied with just God? Because if not, there's some things that are happening in my heart that the Holy Spirit needs to work through. Because complete satisfaction happens when the presence of God is invited. That, that's why this, guys, this is, let me just bring it home for a few examples. That's why if you don't invite the presence of God into your workspace, you will still feel the same things you felt for a long time. I hate this job. I want a new job. You'll be wonder-lusting for all different jobs, and you'll show up to that new job, and you'll still have the same feelings instead of going, no, 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 God, I want your presence to come with me. I want your presence to follow me. I want your presence to be at my little cubicle or now in my little Zoom box. I want your presence to be with me because I know when your presence is with me, I'm not worrying about what I don't have. I'm not worrying about the things that I could have. I'm completely content in the presence of God, and if you have me here for a year, five years, 10 years, in this job in this role I'm going to do it to the best of my ability I'm going to work super hard and I'm going to be a mighty you guys with me I'm going to be a mighty example of the kingdom of God because I want the presence I'm inviting the presence because apart from you apart from your presence I'll be frustrated mad it'll be like putting the 3d glasses on or not putting them on it's going to be blurry you're going to be like oh maybe God's calling me here maybe God's calling me here maybe God's calling me here why don't instead of figuring out where God's calling you just get with God College students that are about to graduate, now more than ever, you got a couple months, get with God. This is why so many people are looking for, for a vacation. How many of you need a vacation? Both my hands are up. <laughs> Vacations aren't bad, they're awesome. Go sit somewhere, put your feet up, rest, relax, enjoy the week. But man, I, I, I'm telling you, I've heard more than ever in the, in the church, I just need a vacation. If I get a vacation, I will, I will be at peace. Well, do you actually know that if you just got in the presence of God every day, you would have shalom, peace, deep within your heart, that you wouldn't need a vacation to satisfy the, the unsettled thing that you have in your heart, but the peace of God would actually speak to it? And so you could actually wake up even in the most stressful situations, in the most stressful weeks, in weeks where you're having 10-hour meetings every single day, and be like completely at peace. Amen, pastor. Because the peace of God will speak to you even in the worst of storms. Because when you get in the presence, you know what that feels like. The peace of God, or the presence of God will satisfy you, those that are single and waiting for Mr. and Mrs. Right. I know I go with this a lot. We have a lot of single people. I'm just talking. We want godly marriages and relationships for you. I don't want to see people in this house settle because he opens up his Bible once every other day. I want for you men to be like, well, she shows up to church. No, I want, I want, I want the godly people to come into your lives and you attach yourselves, you marry, you covenant with them, Right? But instead of going, man, I need the relationship to satisfy me. No, no, no. In your single time, in your moments right now, let the presence of God satisfy your heart. Let the presence of God work in some things, in some places of your heart that, that are out of line and out of order. Let the presence of God. I don't know how long that needs to happen. I just know this, that when you do the will of God, God expedites time. You're like, am I supposed to wait a year? Ten years? What is it, Jay? I don't know, but just start 10 minutes with the presence. <laughs> just start there, and maybe, just maybe, he'll, he'll reveal it to you. I remember before, this is a tangent, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I remember before Rachel and I got married, 
I had been finding myself in just a, a cycle of relationships. That was my means of feeling satisfied. You, you, you want to hear your pastor get personal? That was my satisfaction. Brothers in this house know that, and they'd be like, yo, Jay, just be I can't be single. I can't be alone. I was afraid to be alone. And I, and I ended a relationship, and I knew Rachel. Rachel, just Miss Bubbly. I knew her. And I was like ready to go and be like, hey, you want to go out? And the Lord said, sit with me. That's all I heard. I heard it for a day, a week, a month, a couple months, six months, seven months, eight months. He just said, sit with me. Rachel, she'll tell you this. It was to the point where I would see Rachel and I would just stand there like this. I'd be like, hey. She'd be like, you want to give me a hug? I'd be like, nope. It's just me and God. <laughs> she would be at my house. She was at my house with my parents. And I'd walk into the house and I'd hug everybody. And Rachel would be sitting, why am I telling you this? This is awesome. And I would just be like, no, this is just me and God. If I, step, if I let myself go there, I'm going to go in a place that I don't want to go. And so I would just walk past her and give her nucks. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel, for your kindness. But thank you, God, for his presence that in those moments when I'd be in my bedroom, my little tiny bedroom that was literally the size of this keyboard, I would find myself in the corner of this bedroom, literally just weeping before God. Man, your presence, God, I've been so broken. I've been so scared to be alone. I've been so this and that. God, would you just speak to my heart? And you know, God's when one moment, he can change the worst things. This is why, like, we're so fearful of people not liking us today. We're literally posting pictures of ourselves today and hoping that likes will happen. Hearts will get highlighted. Like, when did society become this? It's because the presence of God stopped satisfying us. And we needed all these other people to satisfy. I only got 10 likes, Pastor. No one loves me. I only got 30, and I really framed that picture well. I'm not knocking social media. I post pictures of Titus and my wife. Like, it is what it is, but like, the heart of it, I'm getting that. It's like, man, are you posting? Like, I know people that literally frame pictures for an hour. Like, they take an hour. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Working on an Instagram post? Like, 20 minutes later, what are you doing? I'm still working on the post. Like, what are you doing? Like, where are you? You know, some of these, these quotes. I'm like, where did you, like, find that? How long have you been searching for that, for that photo? Nobody else. This is just how your pastor thinks. That's awesome. But instead of going, man, an hour spent? What if I just said, God, you love me. Would you speak your words of life over me? Yeah, God, I'm actually feeling super disconnected right now. Would your presence overwhelm me? We were created. You know, another thing, and I gotta hurry, but another thing that keeps us from the presence of God? Busyness. How many people asked you how you're doing this week and you said, busy? Every one of you are lying. We all say it. College students, baristas, to, to single mom, like mothers at home, like, we all, how you doing? Busy. Um, Michael Cigarelli from University, uh, Charleston Southern University School of Business, he, he did a survey, and I'm reading a book by John Mark Comer, a great pastor out, uh, out, out west, and it's The Ruthless Illumination of Hurry, and, and I'm learning this as a type A guy to slow down and to stop. It's a phenomenal read. I encourage you guys to read it, um, but he, he quotes this guy that says, busyness is the number one out of 20,000 people that were surveyed, 20,000 believers, number one reason why they weren't getting in the presence of God, busyness. What? It wasn't social media, which can cause you to be busy, I guess. 
It wasn't, it was just the fact that like we are consuming, we're being consumed with all these other things. So he says this, it may be the case that one, Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry and overload, which leads to two, God becoming more marginalized in Christians' lives, which leads to three, deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to four, Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads to five, more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload. And then the cycle just begins all over again. You wanna know why some of us aren't growing and being formed and transformed? It's because we're choosing busyness over the presence of God. I have found, the Rachel and I have found that we have said we have to shut down. We have to practice a Sabbath. If it's not Friday all day, then you know what? We take communion on Friday night and we go into our Saturday. We'll take the whole front end of Saturday from, from whenever Titus wakes up till noon and say, we're not talking to anybody. We're not, we're not doing anything else. We're just enjoying time with each other. We'll make a meal together and we'll just sit with the presence of God and let him speak to us. When's the last time you were able to just do that? Because I'm telling you, even if you just make a moment, even if it's five minutes, the presence of God, because apart from the presence of God, we're gonna to continue to follow the same schemes, the same lies, the same distractions, because we were created to live in the presence of God. And so, so what's awesome about the story, we, we hear the fall, and we hear all this chaos, but, but God was so merciful and still is today that he continued to pursue his kids. He continued to pursue his, the people of Israel, he continued to pursue mankind, and he's continuing to pursue us. Anybody thankful for that? And so we see that God was continuing to run and chase and pursue and bring people into his presence because he knew what would happen to people in his presence. And so Old Testament, right, we get the priests, we get the temple, we get the priests that had to walk in for people, sacrifice. He had to tie a bell to his ankle because if he walked into the holies of holies and he died because it was very holy because you can't go into a holy God, he would fall down, the bell would stop ringing, they would drag his body out. Isn't that crazy? I don't have time to go in there. Why didn't he even share that to you? It's in the Bible. So there's a way to get to God's presence was through sacrificing an animal and getting there. And, and God said, okay, okay, I'm going to send my son to be the ultimate sacrifice, to be the ultimate payment. And so Jesus comes, right? We all know it and we love it. He came, he died on a cross, he raised to life three days later and he ascended back to the Father. And in that moment, the final payment for every sin, past, present, and future was paid for over our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. it was a shift. God said, no, no, this is how this is gonna happen. No longer is my presence just gonna be a thing that you can only get through something, but my presence is gonna be in you through Jesus. Jesus imparts to us God's presence. That no longer is the presence of God a location. No longer is the presence of God the temple only. But the presence of God now is available to be in us. Woo! John 14 talks about it. He talks about how the, the, the Spirit of God will come and rest in us forever. And then Jesus before, I'm talking really fast, stay up with me, you okay? And Jesus, he's about to ascend back into heaven in Acts. And he tells the disciples and the believers, go and wait. Go and wait and pray. Because the Spirit of God is going to come and rest in you and upon you. And that'll be my presence. That'll be my witness. You'll be empowered because the presence of God empowers us. And so they go and they wait and they pray and Acts that shows us there that they get filled with the spirit of God. The presence of God now comes and lives in them. And then Acts 2, our, our text for the week, shows us that everything they did throughout that 42 through 47 was only done not because they were super gifted and talented people, but because they chased and lived in the presence of God. You with me? Peter gets up out of that moment. 
being filled with the presence of God. Peter, who once denied Jesus three times, even when Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. No, I won't. Yeah, you're, you're going to. No, I won't. He does it. And then he sits and he gets filled with this presence of God. The Spirit of God comes and fills him. And Peter goes from a denier to a declarer. Jesus is not looking for qualified, super smart people. He's just looking for people that desire the presence of God. Peter was not some smart dude. He wasn't super educated. He didn't have all the skill sets, but he got filled with the presence of God and power touched his life. And he proclaimed to people and it said thousands got saved. That's really good news, church. You are not just some ordinary person. The presence of God calls you extraordinary, and it calls you to be empowered to live this thing out. Worship team, come on up. The presence of God, because it's in us now, is our guarantee. It's our guarantee that we are part of the family of God, that we don't have to fall. We don't have to keep getting trapped with the same things. The presence of God was given to us by Jesus coming and setting our lives free. Anybody thankful for that? That man, I can just call upon the name of Jesus and he comes and he ministers to me and he touches my life. That he comes and, and over, uh, talks against every lie and scheme. Oh man, because of the presence of God being in me, I don't have to desire to be, I don't have to desire to be filled. I know I'm not alone anymore. You want to know how I knew I wasn't alone anymore? The Spirit of God came. And the presence of God ministered to me and continues to minister to me. And so if Jesus imparts his presence to us and we live and we grow in that, and we're going to continue to do that as an old group, we'll get together. We're going to continue to do that here at the temple gatherings. Some of these moments, these temple times, these times of Sundays and Wednesdays, they might look super different than a traditional, come in, get to church news and offering, get the, get the song, get some, another song, maybe, get a tag, maybe, get a message, blessed, go. We might have times where we just come and I go, hey church, we're just going to sit here and pray today. I wonder how many people would come we're going to rest in the presence of God today. Because in one moment with God and in his presence, it can truly change everything. Wounds that are still open in your life, in one moment with God's presence, literally, he will cauterize that thing and seal that thing up. And your story that was once of brokenness will now be a story of being empowered and healed. Your church hurt, your pain, a word spoken over your life, and one moment in the presence of God, because it's afforded to us, can be healed. This is how this works. This is how I go from a boy that was broken because I watched church mishandle my parents. I'm a generational PK. This thing's in my blood, I guess. I don't know why, Lord. But I watched the church mess with my family, and I was like, man, I don't want nothing to do with this thing. I carried that for a long time. I remember in the apartment when God ministered to my heart and was speaking to me in that time where I wasn't alone. I was actually surrounded and covered. He spoke to that. He revealed truth to me. He empowered me to forgive and let go. How many of you know that? That harboring bitterness and offense is the worst thing you can do. But in the presence of God, he'll allow for that to be released. 
So the final thing that we get from the presence and why it's so important is because the presence is in us and now we live from God's presence. We are now, this is super important, we are now carriers of the presence of God. What's crucial is because of Jesus and his holiness and his righteousness and in his death and his resurrection, he saves our lives. It is nothing you can do that will save your life. It is only because of the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. And because of that, when he saves our lives, he brings us into his family and he gives us his spirit and he animates now the story. All of what God does and how he operates and moves begins to unfold and we get to see it. And now we live from the reality of being a part of a kingdom that is alive. An upside down kingdom, a kingdom that actually speaks against everything that culture would speak. It's actually a kingdom that would tell you never to speak a word of death over your brother or sister. Never have a tongue of division over your brother and sister. It tells you to be a, a, a loving neighbor to your neighbor. It tells you all these things that were completely different from what the world would tell you. It's nothing we can do, but it's saying yes to Jesus and his ways and then saying, man, because of the presence, I want to live this thing out. We have day and age in church where the presence of God is not the thing we're carrying. It's your presence. It might be your best, right? How many know that can't happen? We've, we've seen generations try to fix and to heal themselves, and it is only in the presence that will heal and, and it set us free. We live from the presence. They show us this. They, they devoted themselves. They showed up to the temple. They came at the table. They broke bread. They, they took in the Lord's Supper together. They prayed for one another. They brought their finances and resources together, right? What does the presence of God do? It makes you a generous person. You have a generosity issue? Get to the presence. If you see a need among you and, you, and you're like, man, ah, someone else has got to deal with it. No, no, it is all of our jobs. Oh, you don't like that word, do you guys? This is the body. They, 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 they worshiped and they prayed. And so we live different. We live set apart. We live holy. Come on, that word is a curse word in the church. How many of you have grown up in church? And you hear the word holy, you're like, nah. <laughs> it's the call. Holy, set apart. Holy and set apart. Not perfect. Not us against, just saying, I want the presence of God to be the thing that I live from. And when that happens, you're going to see some things in your life. You know, serving God is not boring. It shouldn't be. Let me say it that way. For some, it has become boring and stale. But when you say, I'm going to get in the presence and I'm going to live from the presence, you're going to see interactions with people that you never thought possible. You're going to have conversations with people you never thought possible. You might even get a call from your boss, and your boss is going to call you into their office, and you're going to speak to your boss, and your boss is going to talk to you about work, and the next thing you know, you're going to be presenting the gospel to your boss, and your boss is going to get saved and set free, baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then his family's going to get saved and set free, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized, and then their kids are going to get saved and set free, and then that business is going to go and carry out some great and mighty things among Chicago, and Chicago is going to be seeing people. This is not just me saying this. I believe this prophetically and hope for this. You live from the presence. If you are about yourself and climbing the ladder and getting what you need, I'm just getting mine. Maybe just get back into the presence and ask if that's what it's all about. 
Because we live in an upside-down kingdom. We're part of an upside-down kingdom. We're sons and daughters. We have access to the life-giving water that will never cause us to be thirsty. Satisfying every part of our hearts. Not longing for the affection of people, not longing for the affection of, a, of someone else, but being completely satisfied. Getting intimate with God. And out of places of intimacy, going outwardly and showing and living this out. We're gonna talk a lot about this. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna be about this thing. That's why old groups are crucial and important. But here's a step this week. Go get alone with God. Chuck the phone. I've started to plug my phone in. I'm trying. I'm, I'm plugging my phone in our bathroom, which is outside of our, away from our room. Why? How many of you know? You go to, you have all the best intentions. I'm going to read your Bible. And then a little notification pops up. And you're like, ah, oh, man, this looks a lot better than God's word right now. <laughs> Nobody else, just a pastor. Cool. I'm plugging my phone in the bathroom. I challenge each one of us to do that. I challenge you to wake up. Brew coffee. Get it set on the coffee pot the night before. Get all your little Chemex stuff together. Get the beans grind, like everything that you need to do to wake up and go and sit. Pour your coffee and get with God. I'm not a coffee person. I'm a tea. Well, then get the tea bag out and just get it ready to go. Like, whatever the case. You guys get what I'm saying? Like, be intentional. Because in one moment, guys, in one moment with God's presence, he radically will speak identity over your life. You will not be confused about who you are. You will not be wandering about who you truly are. You will not be confused. You will know that you are a son and a daughter of the king. Cut out some things. Practice the Sabbath. We're going to talk a lot about that. But if you're too busy for God, you're going to be too busy for eternity. I'll say it again. You're too busy for God right now? And I get it. Listen, listen. We have to work. I'm not sitting here like, Pastor, you told me to quit my job and just sit with God. If he's calling you to do that, do it. But I'm not saying that. And you're like, now I can't eat. I'm like, I didn't say, you guys, you guys with me? Nod your heads. I can see all of you, even though in the back. But if you're too busy to get with God now, eternity is going to be a bummer. Because you're going to be too busy. I don't mean that to, that's me. I, I actually wrote that. I was like, snap. That's like hard, not like snap, like good job. I wrote that like, man, I told a buddy, before, he left at nine o'clock. I said, man, I wrote that. I started just crying. I'm too busy for God, for his presence. There's something inherently wrong. I'm too busy to, bring my son around and worship over him and pray over him and declare things over his life. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to lay my hands on my wife and pray power and grace over her and just thank her for how, thank God for how awesome and beautiful she is and amazing. I'm too busy for that? What the mess is going on? I don't wanna be too busy for God and I don't want any of you to because the presence of God will show you that he actually is the great provider. And you can actually shut off and watch as he multiplies provision over your life, as he multiplies grace over your life, as he brings inner peace, shalom into your life, into your home and into your marriages and into your relationships. This is what the presence of God does. I've been a testimony to it and I could count millions of people that have also been a testimony. This is not some new truth. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the presence of God is our call today.
Last thing, we're gonna fast coming up in, in February. And we're gonna do 21 days. How many of you are excited for a 21 day fast? <laughs> Nobody in the room. <laughs> Literally no hand went up. Praise God. We're gonna fast. And if you call this place home, we're gonna fast for 21 days. And as the pastor, I'm gonna ask that we fast from sunrise to sunset. If you can't do that, if you have something else going on in life, we understand that. We'll come alongside you and, and supply you and help you make sure that you have resourcing during this fast. But, but why are we fasting? For the presence of God. Starving our soul. Or, or starving our flesh and feeding our soul. We, we are people that just need food. How many of you are thinking about food right now? How many of you are thinking about the place you're going? Every person went up, the hand went up there. Praise God. That's precisely why we're fasting. <laughs> but maybe not just in 21 days. Maybe you need to fast some days of the week or in a month, take a day and fast. And just invite the presence. I, I'm telling you guys, when I fast, the kingdom of God comes alive. I see things, I experience his goodness and his grace in ways I never felt before. So we're gonna fast. But we're gonna talk about this, we're gonna continue to teach this and continue to grow in this. But I wanna invite you, just stand to your feet. We're gonna worship as we go from this place, just for a few moments. I wanna pray over you guys. I wanna pray just, just the presence of God to fill your lives. If you are, are just desperate for the presence of God, slip your hands up right now if you feel comfortable. Just slip your hands up, hold them up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray over you. If you want the presence of God to minister to you and speak to you and, and show you who you are and just speak over your home and over your life, right now in the name of Jesus, I just declare God peace. I just declare truth. I declare your presence to fill my brothers and sisters. Oh God, you see every hand that is lifted, every heart that is crying out. Father, have your way in them, God. I pray your presence would be an all-consuming fire that your your presence would speak truth. Your presence would speak wisdom. Your presence would speak where they should go and what they should do. Your presence would speak deep identity, oh God. Your presence would speak just all the kingdom of heaven, God. So Father, we say yes to your presence and nothing else. Come like a mighty rushing wind into our hearts, into our lives, into our homes, into our marriages, into our children, oh God. We worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am. There's nothing like your presence, God. So come on, church. Can we just sing this? Come have your way. Lord, like a mighty rushing wind. Come out of your way. Come on, let's worship him this morning. Come on.